Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Wesson Walker on a overreaction Monday, appropriate reaction Monday. <laughs> you can tell us on the text line, 704-570-9610. Real quickly, did want to talk to you about the Joe Moss Foundation. Joe Moss Foundation is presenting the fifth annual Celebrity Golf Tournament tomorrow, August 22nd, if you want a distinct date. It's happening at the Rolling Hills Country Club in Monroe. This charity event focuses on Mecklenburg and Union County, Animal Rescue, Children in Need, and our hometown heroes. Come play with a host of actors and retired athletes and celebrities tee off at 11 a.m. Banquet dinner at 5.30 p.m. For more details and registration, visit JoeMossFoundation.com or call, text 828-403-5957. That's 828-403-5957. Wes, I believe the Joe Moss Foundation Celebrity Golf Tournament remote show we did last year was our second show we ever did together. It was one of the early shows that it was. I believe it was the second one. What I remember from that, there was a couple things. The helicopter ball drop that took us off the air. I mean, just, we were interviewing, I think it was Ellis Williams, who's no longer covering the Panthers, covering the Vikings. Good luck, Ellis. But I think we had an interview with him, and there was a helicopter surrounding us at that point. Couldn't hear anything he was saying. Nothing. And so that was really hard to talk over. The other thing is, what's funny is looking back at our show together in hindsight, I was talking about how I thought San Francisco... I said something where I didn't believe in San Francisco and you didn't come at me then, but now that we're more comfortable working with each other, I have to imagine you would have given me all the smoke if I had just given that take like six months later, <laughs> because we, I, I said something about how it said more about the team they played than San Francisco and how good they were. And you were like, put, uh, I don't know. I mean, San Francisco's good. And then we moved on. But knowing who you are now, yeah. I have to imagine you were cursing me out under your breath. Oh, Walker, you know, bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> don't you say that about San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I knew you were going to try to spin it in a positive <laughs> direction, even though we all know what we saw in that football game. Well, it was like Monday night game, maybe even like a prime time that San Francisco's on. All I know is it, I was not giving them 100% credit. I was talking about the opponent they had not being very good. And then you're like, oh, okay. I think differently, but it's all good. Now we're going at it if I give you that take. Now is it, please. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to stop you. And if you try to keep going, you know what I I like to do. I'll stop you in your checks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's go back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's go back. That happened. And that's also why I believe we have the C.J. Spiller highlight in there. Because there's a lot of highlights to go to with Clemson. But, Fiddy, were you thinking about Wes when you cut up the C.J. Spiller South Carolina touchdown highlight? Because how much he loves the... Reggie Bush of the South. Southern Reggie Bush. I actually wasn't. I just, you know, I thought that'd be a great uh, memory lane highlight for Clemson fans because he was a part of those Clemsoning teams where he was a great player on teams that would crap the bed in big games. And he did it against South Carolina. 
next week's team week as we get ready for them to lose week one against Carolina. So that I remember that <laughs> running back duo really well. I think a lot of people do with James Davis and CJ Spiller. It was like guys. thunder and yeah. lightning. Yep. It was like D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart light almost. Maybe even not even so light. Maybe you just felt like they were actual smash and dash, thunder and lightning. A good running back duo they had back then. 704-570-9610. If you want to give your thoughts and comments on the Carolina Panthers, Wes, I have a question for you. Okay. Because rookie season for Bryce Young, you were throwing out there that 4,000 yards is a possibility. I think realistically, we kind of settled at a 3,800-yard territory, something like that. Maybe I won't speak for you anymore. I'm going to ask you this question, then you can clear me on everything that I'm talking about. Have your expectations changed at all, whether it be because of Bryce or the offensive line, based off what you've seen these first two preseason games? Uh, Not at this point, even though I am getting a little bit worried, uh, just a little bit, because I'm not sure if this offensive line comes out and continues to block the way that they have to start this preseason. I feel like they're going to really try to go with a conservative approach as far as making sure the run game is first and foremost for them uh, before they decide to let Bryce start to let it fly. And then I worry about if they do get into modes where they do have to rely on Bryce a little bit too much, can this line hold up? It's starting to become a concern. Not a full-blown concern for me just yet, but uh, it's getting there. And I feel like I have to see it in the regular season first and foremost. But I'm going to stick with the prediction for now. I'm not going to bail uh, at the moment. But I'm starting to put my life jacket on and ask the people (laughs) on the ship, do they have the boats ready in case something happens? You're ready for Frank Reich or maybe even Thomas Brown to be aboard a ship to save you with the play calling? (laughs) Because we got some different play calling. Uh We got Frank Reich really in the first half. And then we got to hear from Reich during media availability say that he thought Thomas Brown did a really nice job in the second half. Saw that a little bit on Twitter, how much people liked the way Thomas Brown called a second-half game against the Giants compared to what Frank Reich did. What I noticed right off the bat, Wes, so first offensive play of the game, Frank Reich puts Jonathan Mingo in motion, and there's a play-action rollout. Not going to be so vanilla in the Mm -hmm. first play. Eye candy, Play action, having Bryce Young roll out. They only pick up a yard because Bryce doesn't want to throw it, eats it, only gets one yard on a first and five opportunity after a neutral zone infraction. So that was it. But right then and there, it was okay. They're not going to just do halfback dive, you know, curls. It's not going to be anything crazy (laughs) simple. They're giving you a little bit of movement to counteract what Wink Martindale might bring. What did you make of the play calling by Frank Reich? and the play calling by Thomas Brown in the second half. Well, like you said, I thought he did try to give you a little bit of spice. I'm talking about Coach Reich to see uh, what he can do. I felt like the offensive line might have limited everything that he wanted to do because uh, they did have a little bit of success, and as you said, uh, they were aided by a few penalties that were able to help them get some points, and then you see uh, Thomas Brown take over the play calling in the second half, and they score 17 points uh, on the football game in a game that looked a little bit bleak early on you weren't sure how this thing was going to go and then they come out third quarter they go field goal and then score two touchdowns in the fourth quarter Matt Corral looked uh, pretty good I thought he made a nice case for himself in that game as far as uh, being a guy that they can look to in the future as maybe perhaps a backup or maybe even trade bait uh, to be able to send him elsewhere but uh, he he looked good guys were out there making plays Shai Smith uh, was making plays I thought that they were 
uh, aggressive, and I just felt like that in the second half they they looked pretty good as evidenced by the amount of points that they scored, but hard to really put that all into a pot and really be able to process it when, of course, it wasn't up against the G-man's top uh, guys on defense, so that's a little bit of a caveat for you, if you will, but Results are still results, and they got 17 points in the second half when Thomas Brown was calling Some, the play. Yeah, how much stock are you putting into that? It, it does I that mean, mean, he had his second unit out there going against their second unit, so yeah. I guess, you know. So you're putting a lot of stock compared to Frank Wright. Like, is it – here's what I'm trying to get out I'm of I'm just you. giving him his credit for calling yeah. a good half, and, gotcha. it, and it looked good. It looked, it looked how no, it should look. No, it did. Matt Corral, 9 of 13, way better performance than he had in preseason game number one. Thought he looked more comfortable. Thought there was a big difference in comfort from Matt Corral compared to the Jets game, which makes sense. First game back after an injury that keeps you out for a real long time, not exactly being okay in your first game. Complete sense. I'm glad that Matt Corral looked better. How about Luke Walton's touchdown throw? <laughs> Did you see the NFL highlight? So Jake Luton uh-huh. goes two of seven. Not exactly the greatest uh, accuracy, but did have a real money throw in the end zone, getting a touchdown pass, the lone touchdown pass of the day. And then as soon as Luton throws that, what the NFL Network does is tweets out, hey, look at what Luke Walton was able to do in the Clown show. Game. <laughs> and so, yeah, they went, uh, they went Luke Walton on us. But Jake Luton, despite having a nice play, even if he can't get recognition, I'll give him some recognition here. Nice touchdown throw. Covered. But nice little, you know, it's kind of dropped out of a plane right into the breadbasket. Liked what Jake Luton was able to do and Corral. So overall, Wes, to be honest with you, quarterback room should be pretty proud of what they did against the Giants for yeah. the most part. Yeah, I think so, too. And so uh, this 404 text that brings a, an interesting point uh, to the table said, unfortunately, if this Panthers team started like this with Steve Wilkes, he would be highly criticized for not being an offensive type coach. And not to take us too far off the rails, but I just thought that that was an interesting point to to, to bring up is that not just Coach Wilkes, but if the Panthers would have went out and gotten a defensive-minded coach or anything like that, would they be criticized even more for what they're doing? But I know with Carolina's fan base, Frank Reich is starting to uh, take some heat already. Yeah, I was about to say, people are pretty angry with Frank <laughs> Reich. <laughs> He's taking a lot of heat right now. Mm-hmm. And even if you had a defensive-minded head coach, all that criticism would probably just be pointed more towards whoever was calling the plays, right? I mean, maybe 404 is not wrong. You probably have some criticism. This is why we should have gone with an offensive-minded coach. Mm-hmm. This is the new day and age. Pass-happy def- or pass-happy league. See, great offenses make the Super Bowl last year. You, I can hear that take already being formulated. But Frank Reich is taking it on the chin right now. Yeah. Not a lot of people exactly thrilled with what he's doing, nor are people thrilled with what the offense as a whole is doing. For me, my expectations for Bryce Young, the only thing that might have changed even a little bit is just the sheer numbers. It has nothing to do with how good he is because you can have a prolific passing season and still be a worse quarterback than someone that didn't have as many yards but performed well within the game plan did what they were asked to do Bryce Young to me I think in these first two preseason games looks pretty good given the circumstances no he's not going Peyton Manning no he's not throwing for 400 yards like Cam Newton his first two regular season games I totally get that but this is going to be the same question I I don't know what he did completely wrong I actually like that little side throw that he had to Mingo, and Mingo just doesn't extend, stops his route, miscommunication. Bryce Young talked about that. Thought it was a good throw. Thought it was good movement in the pocket. Thought the feel was good, Wes. 
thought the field was good again when Iki Kwanu gets beat by Thibodeau, but waits for Hayden Hurst right at the right moment, unloads that thing, and if there wasn't a hold call on Savala, then they're like a fourth and three scenario, and maybe you are aggressive. Let's go out, let's score a touchdown rather than settle for a field goal. Thought those were two nice throws from Bryce Young and his pocket presence. It feels pretty good right now to me. I like what Bryce Young is doing out there. So if the expectations change, it's all about maybe not 3,800 yards to bring it down to 36. Like I don't know if I'm willing to change much off of what six series now. And we're talking about maybe a half of football that Bryce Young has played. But that would be the only thing that does change as far as how good I feel about him. That hasn't changed at all. I like what we got from Bryce. Yeah, I do, too. And and I would subscribe to that as well, because uh, also another thing, too, was the escapability he showed on a sack or not the sack, but where he fell oh, down. Could have been sacked. That's right. I've seen him do that at Alabama 100 times. Now, not necessarily losing his balance after he got out of the sack, but I think that gave you a glimpse of his uh, pocket awareness, because this is a play you're going to see a lot from him again. Hopefully you don't see uh, him slipping on the ground and almost falling and causing a sack on his own, but just the way he was able to get out of there. This is a guy that's a, a quarterback, and we know we talk about his perception all of the time, and this is the guy that has that clock in his head. He's not going to sit back there and hold the football way too long. Of course, it may happen uh, every now and again, but I think Bryce Young is the type of processor that he knows, all right, uh, we're getting to that two and a half to three second mark. Let me get out of here uh, and make a play for my football team. So I think that that was one positive that you could take uh, as well. All right, let's go back-to-back soundbites before we end the segment. Let's go to Bryce Young. We've talked about some of these mental errors. There was no sleep Ned, which is hilarious given the text. No sleep Ned says they're missing assignments with mental errors out of position, missing line calls, just the basics. That is going on. But Bryce Young told you that they're trying to create chemistry with the offensive players, even if it means limited reps. Yeah, um, like you said, you know, it's a limited, you know, limited opportunity but you know you got to make those count and you know I think just listening to coaches stressing urgency of, of every situation every down um, you know again you get a limited amount of reps in the preseason but you have to make them count and you know you because of that you know there's a lot of emphasis a lot of strain to you know to, to be the best we can and you know we understand again um, we, we're trying to be perfect and you know you're never going to get there and we understand at the end of the day like you said it's been you know a limited amount of passes but we try to treat those passes like you know it's the last one we're going to get um you know, especially in the preseason, since it's so limited. So just kind of having that sense of urgency is something that we're, we're really trying to stress. That's what I don't worry about too much. This is supposed to happen even. All the mental errors. Iki Kwanu, it's weird to pass off protection to somebody that's not there. He was passing it off to Ghost Man. N- no one's there, all right? You also have Bryce Young, Jonathan Mingo trying to develop chemistry in limited snaps. That I'm not really worried about. It's the Icky getting beat by Kayvon. It's right guard spot. They're getting beat one-on-one, especially in that first game. I thought Zavala was fine enough in this game. The holding call's bad. He wasn't amazing. You said average to maybe even below average, but some of that stuff I'm okay with because we're talking about three rookies that are playing big roles. Quarterback, doesn't get any bigger than that protecting up front at the guard spot and wide receiver. And it's not crazy to think Mingo is going to be the most productive receiver. I don't, I don't think he will this year, but it's not crazy to think that your second round pick that was seven spots away from being a first round pick. It's not crazy to think they like him enough to where he'll have more receiving yards than a Thielen or even a DJ Chark because of his injury. Yeah. And we've seen some hiccups, like you said, the miscommunication that happened on the one play. And those are things that he's going to continue to learn. But as far as some of the positives that we did, 
see for Mingo. He definitely looks like he's going to be a yak guy, the way he caught the ball, bounced off contact, and continued to run with the ball. And the more he learns as the season goes on, I think his role uh, will get bigger and bigger. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier today on the Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Before we get out of here, I will get to the thing that Salesman and others have brought up, Bone, about the last few years of this team and why it might be the reason why that depth looks a little shaky throughout this roster. It's something that probably does have to be focused on. Uh, We'll get into that before we get out of here. A giant staffer that just did Bryce Young dirty the other night in the postgame. We'll let you hear that moment for the postgame. My man Bryce just trying to step up and do a presser. And he's got to deal with this little giant's twerp. Anyway, we'll get into that coming up here. Before we get out of here, we got our NASCAR report as well as we wrap up what went on at Watkins Glen. Very good for one Hendrick driver, very bad for another Hendrick driver. So we'll talk about that stuff before we get out of here. But Bone Man, it is the first pulse of Panther Nation of the season. Why is it the first one? Because in week one of the preseason, we still didn't have our correct phone number <laughs> and weren't allowed to give the weren't allowed to give the other number out. It's Pre- preseason, baby. Pre-season. Season. Regular season, we'll be here, all right? We had our backup number in there, but now we're going to our number one our number, starter, guys. Our starter number is in there. So if you guys want to jump in on the phone lines, I'd love to know where you're at right now. Like, And if there is something that you don't think we sound concerned enough about that you want to point out, bring it on. If there's something that you think people are worth saying or the texters are saying, it's driving you crazy, where is your mental at right now when it comes to the Panthers? I'm terrified. What worries you and what do you look at and say, man, this deserves a little bit of love. Is there anything we can love on today? 704-570-9610 if you want to jump in here. Got love on Raekwon Williams. Possible guy to make this roster that maybe we didn't think, you know, to give you some depth up front. All right, let's go to the phone lines and and uh, hear what the pulse of Panther Nation is for the first time oh, no. of 2023. Bonus terrified. We will start off here with Ian. Ian, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? Can you hear me? I got you, man. What are you what's thinking? What's up, Ian? 
Hey, what's going on? Well, hey, just first of all, thanks for taking my call. Love your show. Appreciate um, it. I'm actually new to the Charlotte area, so I've been, uh, you know, listening to you guys and kind of getting on. Oh. Oh. Ian. Oh, what a run. He was going to tell us that he likes oh, us, back? too. Ian. I, yeah, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. we got you now. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. God. Yeah, so I'm in a parking garage, so. But, yeah, I think Bryce Young has done fine. I think he's a rookie quarterback, and he's going to have rookie quarterback growing pains. But I think the the biggest issue with what the Panthers did in the offseason is they gave him no help at receiver. And I think Mingo can be okay, but I think he's going to have a long year, mainly because he doesn't have a lot of help around him, and it's his rookie year. So I just wanted to say that. I think the okay. rest of the team will be fine. But I think that, you know, they at some point they got to – they got to give him some help. I mean, you look at Mahomes, great quarterback, but he also had, you know, Kelsey off the rip. He had Tyreek. Like, it's not college. Like, these guys got to have help. You no, know? So, I would agree. There's got to be time for that as well. We've got to let saying. them establish the rest of this roster. That's the other thing. This is not a fully established roster. This receiving group, this weapons group, it, it's it's they're trying to make do the best they can for Bryce's rookie year. They will attempt to make it even better. I don't I don't doubt that. They, they will had, keep trying. They had to trade DJ Moore in order to get Bryce. Yes. They didn't want to do that. It's it's ideal that you keep the the stud receiver for the rookie. The, the, Ian's right about that. There's no doubt. But that was the only way they were getting Bryce. And they feel like Bryce is the guy. We got to get up and get this quarterback because that's the most important commodity in the NFL, especially when you get a good one on a rookie deal. I think the receiving core is all right. I think it's all right, as Nick Saban would say. Like, I think Thielen's, you know, done what you'd expect him to do so far. He's caught two balls on third downs to move the chains. Uh, Chark, we'll see. I know his at his best, he was a pro bowler. So I think I think Chark, like, can he beat stretch the field? That's something I'd like to see from the first team offense is actually throw it downfield and stretch the field a little bit. Marshall's injury hurts. Um, and Mingo's going to be up and down. He's a rookie, but he's got really good upside. I mean, Hayden Hurst helped the tight end room big time. I think Miles Sanders and Blackshear will be used out of the backfield to catch, but I don't think they put a crew together like thinking this is going to be Air Bryce. I think they want to throw it around 25, 27 times a game. Yes. You know? Can we go uh, to line three, Matt? Because <laughs> I'm very intrigued by our next caller. <laughs> I'll just send it there. We go to. Professional secret keeper on oh, the Mac and Bone show. That? PSK, what's happening? Hey, Mac and Bone. This is professional secret keeper. I've called you guys before. I'm a mental health therapist, hence the moniker. Okay. okay. So, a couple of things that I wanted to address first. I am not concerned about Bryce. Bryce is coming out of college, he's learning the playbook. The only way we're going to see what kind of quarterback he is and, and give him time to get acclimated is to play him in the preseason. So I think people are jumping all up and down about something that is a non-issue. I would agree with that. However, I would agree. I however, thought, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I do need to talk about the O-line or lack thereof. And the reason I need to bring it up is it's been a concern consistent problem for the Panthers for the past five years. When you think about Teddy Bridgewater spending most of his time on the ground because the O-line wasn't protecting him, my husband and I were watching a game, and we literally saw the, the people beside the center, the guy to the left and the guy to the right, two consecutive plays, look at the pressure that was coming for Teddy, and literally walk away. So, with the O-line, I think it's 
been a problem that we haven't addressed yeah. in the draft or uh, in training. I would, since you are a health expert, Mac may ask some questions for you off the air. I was afraid she was calling to address my mental health. That's what I thought I was afraid. I'm glad she just wanted to worried. talk football. <laughs> I was like, did she hear that rant earlier where I was ripping people freaking out and I was freaking out? I'm like, is she calling about that? Uh, as far as the O-line, though, yes, no one's going to deny that this team has had some brutal play at offensive line over the last six years. But didn't we all think coming into the season it was a strong point of the team? Like, didn't we think last year's offensive line, the way they opened up holes in the run game, the way they protected, was the best offensive line we've had probably since, like, the Super Bowl season? So I'm just, pardon me, if after two preseason games, I'm not going to act like all of a sudden our line's horrible. Uh, did Bozeman have a rough day with, with Dexter Lawrence? He did. But I don't think, like... Like, Bryce was still able to get throws off over him, you know. Did uh, Icky have a horrible moment where, again, he literally misunderstood the blocking call? And thought and the, there was an invisible man he wanted help from? Yeah, there was. But, like, I just, I, I, Christensen, Moten were great. The other day, I thought Zavala had a, a rough moment or two, but for the most part looked he's good. He's not even, you know? he's played in his pads twice as a pro. Like, we got to give, he's got to get acclimated here. He was injured. He, he takes a little bit of time. He's a fourth round pick, second time in pads. Texter says he's dying right now. Pulse of Panther Nation, the second caller, is a mental health professional. <laughs> I sh we should have asked her about some of those texts you read and whether or not that is some <laughs> sort of issue. <laughs> Holy crap. Some of those texters need to go meet with PSK, bone in her office, I feel like. <laughs> anyway, we can't, we can't. So, uh, jump in here, though. If you want to jump in on the phone lines, what is concerning you, or do you feel like people are overdoing the concerns? I think the starting O-line is going to end up being all right. Having Corbett out is not ideal, but I think for the most part, the starting O-line is going to be good like they were at the end of the year. I think the backup O-line is terrifying. I really do. I will admit that. Right. Backup tight ends, not great either. No, it's it's back to what we usually have, right? Which is not, not great at tight end. 704-570-9610. Where is your mental uh, process right now on the Panthers? Worried like the first two callers or I? Where are you at? Let's go to Mike who wants to jump in here. Mike, how you feeling about this thing? Um, I'm feeling kind of trepidatious. But I'm not going to panic yet because, you know, a lot of our starters are, are not playing, especially on defense. Our offensive line, I do have to agree, is pretty offensive once you get past our first yeah. our first string. And Bryce, he's showing me some things that are making me feel very happy. We just got to get him some weapons. Yeah. Well, you know, just – yeah. Okay, so you and don't think there's a break. Try to make it through this year, and the next couple of years, get some more draft picks, get some more people in here. We're going to have a great team. Right, not I like worried, it. I worried like about it. it yet, but this year, especially, you know, those first couple games, it's going to be telling. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you for feeling uh, trepidation, Bone. He went, with, he went with trepidatious. I didn't even know that was a right. I didn't know you could go trepidatious. A little trepidatious. A little trepidatious. <laughs> Sounds like something Bill Raftery with a little uh, a trepidatious. <laughs> you start with two division games. It seems like with a new staff and a new quarterback and new pieces all together, skill position in Bryce, it does seem like they are sloppy and that this, you know, they've got work to do. 
That's what the preseason's for. But yeah, you want to hit the ground running those d- division games. So I don't, I don't blame you for feeling that. That's not unreasonable. Someone well, says trepidatious, more like slopidatious. <laughs> That's not a word, all right? Well, you just invent something there. I like I that. I might know. use that one though. Um, a little but, slopidatious. But I do think, like, I, I do think it's, it's concerning. That's fine. Trepidation, yeah. But like the full-on freak out from some other people, like Bryce. What did the guy say? Bryce is disgusting or something. What did he say, Bone? Something disgusting. What was the word, the phrase he used? Unmitigated disaster. Okay, it wasn't disgusting. It was disaster. <laughs> That's what my wife calls me. I forgot. I got that confused. Unmitigated disaster. It's like really he hadn't thrown the football away. He's not hasn't even come close to throwing it away, despite being under pressure. You know what I mean? Like, he's just been kind of solid, but he needs a little help from his big old burly friends up there. There are texters that want PSK's number now for their own needs. <laughs> uh, we should refer her, the texter, some of you Friday night texters. All right, let's go back to the uh, to the Pulse of Panther Nation, trying to find out what Panther Nation is thinking out there. All right, Gamecock Kevin. Kevin, are you are you worried like all these folks, or are you still chill? What you thinking? Man, I'm still. I think a whole lot of these people are bot. And Mac, I'm going to tell you this. You need to quit overreacting, man. You are so high and so low. You go from one extreme to the other. Like, listen, we got two division games. What we have on our side right now is the element of surprise. These dudes are super vanilla. We had three of our defensive linemen that didn't play. Man, I'm not worried. What I feel right now is anxiousness and ready to get the season started. And, you know, like, so so just chill out, man, because, Matt, you drive the ship. When you getting on the radio and, and Bone, I know you got to do your thing with pulling them, them uh, texts and all that stuff, man. Y'all step away from the computer. Take a breath. We have, we have two weeks, three weeks before we start this. And I need to say something, Mac, before I get out of here. Is that okay with you and Bone? Can yeah, I go. say something real yeah, quick? say something, man. Anthony, Sorry, I'm, I'm emailing PSK right now. Go ahead. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Flounder Pagnata, the countdown has begun. You tried me a couple months ago when you said it's too early to talk about the game. Is it too early to talk about the game now? We're going to skull bleep y'all up and down the field, Flounder. Get your mind oh, right geez. and meet us out at the tailgate, Mac. I got your number. Y'all need to come out there and turn up with us, and we're going to take this city over. We got billboards in this city. This Carolina, this is the real Carolina, and we run Charlotte. Y'all better get your mind right. I'm out. I'll be out there. I, I, am, I, am, I am ready to turn up myself. <laughs> Sounds like it there. Flav, do you have a I'll response? Be, no, I'll, be, I'll be out there. I'll be out there. Do you have oh, a we're response? Re- we're, we're ready. I mean, uh, apparently good news coming on Tez Walker. Juice Wells apparently uh, might not play in the first game of the season for South Carolina. So, I don't know. You're feeling good. That's a lot of confidence for a guy whose team has a lot of question marks as well. So we'll see. I don't want to we'll get in, I don't want to get him into the technical term that he used Bone for how what what uh, South Carolina will do yeah, in North Carolina. Don't really necessarily yeah, want to get into the, that. But I would be shocked if this is a blowout game. I mean, I know Gamecock Kevin Sting is bravado, right? He's got to bring it. He has literally been trying to bait Flounder for like the whole offseason to get into this game and mix it up. And I can't wait until we put those guys toe to toe on the phones the week of. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, though. I don't. I really don't feel blowout. I think both these teams have quarterbacks that are studs and have some great pieces, but I think there's flaws on both these squads, we, too, that could we, be exploited. We, we don't know about Juice Wells yet. They said he wasn't doing, going to do a whole lot the next couple weeks until the lead-up to the game, so we'll find out about him. One storyline for the Gamecocks to monitor, not for this game, but for the future, freshman quarterback Mac Lenora Sellers, 
they said he's been amazing in his first fall camp where he might be the, the straight-up backup quarterback over Lou Doty, and that's big for going into next year when Rattler is gone, when Norris Sellers is already apparently ready to take that that job for next year. So that's something to monitor for the Gamecocks. Good news for next year you if go. you've already got a quarterback establishing himself for the future. There you go. I like that. By the way, the point that I was going to bring up that sales, man, and we, we have plenty of time to talk about this, right? We obsess over this Panther football team. But the point that salesmen and others are bringing up, they're like, hey, you guys keep pointing out that the depth on this team in a lot of areas is not where it needs to be. And, you know, they all bring up the draft with Scott Fitterer post, like, Rounds two on. And I do think you I do think it's worth looking at, Bone, when you have Matt Corral, Brandon Smith, Barno has flashed a bit in each of these preseason games. Cade Mays thought he was gonna win this right guard spot, has had some, you know, had some issues in camp and now is injured. Um uh, look at that was the twenty twenty two draft, right? Second round on. Um the DJ Johnson trade from twenty twenty three. Like I brought up the tweet I saw from Edgar Salmingo yesterday of what we could have taken with the two picks that we had that we gave up to get DJ Johnson. Nick Herbig, the, the outside edge rusher out of Wisconsin, is tearing it up, just tearing it up. And uh, Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia. But we, would, we, we ended up trading those two picks up to get DJ Johnson, who's 25 and raw. Like, I think that's something that we have to watch. Like, DJ Johnson's going to really have to be good, Bone, to look like the better end of that trade. And then you go back to 2021, like, Marshall, Brady Christensen, but Tommy Tremble is a third-round pick. Chubazar is a fourth-round pick. Dwayne Nixon and Keith Taylor. I do think it's a legit question, Bone Man, of, like, is our depth hurting because of some of these day two and, and day four. Fair, fair question. Or day three picks. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Steve Smith Sr. back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline mr smith how are we this week i'm doing good how you doing doing great doing great i'm not i feel better than i did seven days ago but i guess i'll let you be the ultimate determiner of uh how good panthers fans should feel and uh, you told me last week that if they didn't look better against the giants that there would be some reason for concern and i guess i would ask then what was your evaluation of that game and uh did you see improvement or are you concerned no i, I believe there was improvement um you know, people are going to find reasons to, you know, look for reasons not to, you know, various reasons not to root or, hey, this could be better. But, I mean, this is it's not an a la carte menu. It's not brunch, right? It, this this is this is football. 
And it's also in a place where this is the reason we have preseason, right? The preseason is, is to evaluate what you currently have on your team. How the, how do they, how do those guys perform under pressure, under the lights? And then also, the guy in front of you was not eating breakfast with you this time. The guy in front of you was not holding the pad uh, two days ago um, in practice. These guys are fighting for jobs as well. So it, it, it's a, just like on every play, call sheet for the defense, call sheet for the offense. Everyone is a pass intercepted, a deflection, a sack, and every run play is a four touchdown. Every pass play is four touchdown um, because the route on paper doesn't have any heartbeats. It doesn't have human emotions. It's just a diagram and a figure. Um, so, you know, that it always is going to go differently uh, in real life. Steve Smith Sr., Carolina Panthers legend, NFL Network analyst. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Now, you know there's a lot of discussion about offensive line play and uh, specifically Iki Aquanu coming out of Friday. What you, you actually pointed out on the Kayvon Thibodeau sack, the one that everybody knows that, you know, he passed off Thibodeau and nobody could quite figure out why. What's your level of concern, if any, about the way these guys are playing right now, in particular Aquanu or as a group? And I guess a big question is how valuable is Austin Corbett to this group? Austin Corbett is extremely valuable. Is it a concern? No, it's not a concern. Here's why. The purpose of preseason is preseason. There is teaching tools and teaching that can go on to improve and give yourself a best chance to head into the season with a game plan. That's the bottom line. This isn't week five. This isn't week ten. This is the preseason. There's one more preseason game, and then the regular season starts. Also, too, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau isn't any slouch. I think he was the top top pick. I'm, I'm recollecting. It, I, I, it said wasn't like all, I said the same thing. It wasn't thing. like he was the seventh. You know, he was Mr. Irrelevant, and this dude's out here just, you know, all of a sudden he woke up. Thibodeau, one of the things I looked at Thibodeau that was why I said on the broadcast, this would be a great test for Icky is because Thibodeau is not a power rusher. He's a finesse rusher. Icky is strong. And sometimes Icky kind of sets his weight and hunkers down. I call it cement feet. And he wants to muscle you. Well, you can't muscle a dude who doesn't, you know, you can't wrestle a guy who doesn't want to wrestle. And Thibodeau is a finesse guy, so he's going to utilize all his finesse. He was listed at 6'5", 258. Bro, he, Thibodeau is not 258. He, he, got, he got a little thin. So I thought this was a good test for Icky, teaching-wise, because each week you're going to get a different pass rusher. It's 32 teams, 31 other teams. Every team has a different type and a different player. So this is why it's good because then you can work on, hey, I got, I'm, I'm sitting back too much. Hey, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to throw a haymaker instead of, man, I got a jab. And I think that's the teaching part. That's why it's not a concern because Icky is not a slouch either. He's not, you know, out there, you know, he can't block a soul. It's different. And so you, got, you just got to be patient and allow the process to take, his, take it. And, again, he's in his second year. What do you, I mean, you can't expect a guy all of a sudden to never give up a sack, even the great ones in their tenure. 
gave up a sack or two. Yeah, they did. They did. Now let, let's let's talk about the defense for a second. You made some points there that I think apply. And I, I got a text from you know a bunch of people today, but I got a Falcons fan saying, you know, you guys can't stop a nosebleed. We're going to run all over you. Yeah. Blah blah blah. That's uh, true. But well, <laughs> right now it is, uh, and it seems to me that evaluating this defense, you know, kind of has to be done on an individual, yeah, positional yes, level because. Yeah, the starters are out there in the middle and the back end, but if you don't have Houston, Burns, and Derek, what do you really know about the guys that are playing? You, what you know about the guys that aren't playing is, hey, the, this guy may be a good backup. This guy may not be a starter. That's what you know. Hence, we have some guys in the secondary that we maybe need some help in, and what do they do? They go out there and sign a, a, a DB. This is what the preseason is, and also every preseason, more than any this year, you're still constantly going to find veterans who are going to get cut. Here's what I mean. I didn't say this on the broadcast, but I remember when I was a young fella with the, with the Carolina Panthers. And I remember with the Washington Commanders, Lavernius Coles was playing wide receiver in the fourth quarter, and I thought that was extremely strange. Hmm. He got cut. Jamison Crowder was playing late in the third and fourth quarter. And then it comes out, Beasley, Cole Beasley, looks like he's going to be the starter, and Cole Beasley hasn't played. Bro, that tells me something. That means there's going to be a guy like Jameson Crowder who's available. Why? For various reasons. But sometimes a player doesn't fit that scheme, or that player is just okay, and it's price tagged. Right? The, the business of football is this. Consumers pay the 20 and 30% over market. The business of football is to be the wholesale. We need to buy the product at the cheapest price to get the best quality. And that's the bottom line. And fans need to understand that nobody in the business aspect pays over market price, not good businesses. Last time I checked the NFL is a hell of a billion dollar business. It is Steve Smith senior with us here on the body works plus guest hotline. I thought you and Taylor and Carla had a great broadcast on Friday, and you made a point to mention throughout the broadcast that one of the things that stood out to you about Frank Reich is that he does not micromanage his assistants. He gives them room to breathe and to work and and to coach. But what have you observed about Frank Reich so far on the sidelines? Anything stand out? Well, I mean, I'm at practice uh, quite a bit. I'm at practice with other organizations right through the NFL, NFL network, and I just noticed, like, Frank is not, like, listening. Right, I, I was in Steelers camp, and Coach Tomlin was sitting behind the standing. He was leaning on the goalpost as Matt Canada, as Terry Austin were running their court, doing the coordinating, and 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 Mike was just blowing a whistle like, "Hey!" At one point, Mike said, "You know, Mike Tomlin said, is anybody going to block T.J. Watt?" Now I go to go here in Carolina, and I see Frank. Frank. Is talking. He doesn't have an earpiece on. He's not listening. He's allowing his coordinators to coordinate and the coach. He's just ear hustling, seeing how the dialogue is going, walking, checking in with players. I haven't seen that a lot. I've been around. I've been. I've been around John Harbaugh, John Fox, um, George Seifert, Ron Rivera, right, Matt Rule. And I've just seen different things. Now, as a player, you only know what you know as being with that organization. But as a broadcaster, 
Bro, I get to see 32 other teams, 31 other teams do the same business of football 31 different ways. And it's extremely interesting, unique, dumbfounding, head-scratching. Everybody does something differently. But yet on Sunday, it's still a brown pig skin, and the goalposts are still sitting in the same positions and all the different stadiums. And they're all 31 different outcomes. Mm-hmm. That's what I observe. And so when I say not micromanaging, that's my observation from the last regime. Whether people like it or not, I wouldn't say I was a huge Matt Rule fan, but I learned some things from Matt Rule that maybe opened my eyes that I appreciated, and I got to know him, and I was like, man, he's not actually not that bad of a person. However, as a football coach in the National Football League, I think he just it just didn't work out for him for a number of reasons. But at the end of the day, nobody really cares why it didn't. People pay to see you win. And ultimately, he didn't win. And Frank Wright is just doing it differently. And, I, and I've been around both. And I just appreciate Frank Wright's philosophy. Now, what is it equal out to? Hell if I know. But I'm just saying what I observed. <laughs> All right, buddy, I'll let you go on this. Um, one, speaking of the broadcast, you know, one particular play you pointed out that Jonathan Mingo was at fault, I guess, for an incompletion because his route wasn't run at the proper depth. Uh, there was another play where Bryce fit it between defenders up the middle and Mingo seemed to stop running. But well, we also so, saw some... What's hold that? on. The, the, pri- the play where he stopped running, that was actually the corner kind of grabbed him. Right. He didn't get off of his. He didn't get off the press. They were in a bunch formation to get off the press. And then me and Jonathan already talked about this. He didn't get off the press, and so it just wasn't clean. And then obviously his name isn't Bryce. His name is Jonathan. <laughs> so he didn't know what Bryce was thinking, and right. Bryce kind of assumed what he was thinking. But that's what you call. That's what chemistry. And you got to get enough reps with each other that you'll be able to know what the other one's thinking. See, that's what so I, that, that's, that's the only question I have is just what does he have to go through? Because you all had to go through stuff, right? You got to go through this. You got to go through the mistakes, the success, the, and then they come back and say, hey, I really like this. Well, what were you thinking? One of the coolest things that my relationship with, with the wide receivers coach uh, at that time was Ricky Pro. Ricky said, Steve, you got to understand. And so he played a play that I was in. And he ran it back from all 22 where it was the end zone copy. And he was showing me what the quarterback was looking at. And I said, wow, I didn't realize he had all that traffic in there. He said, that's my point. Just like fans, you got to understand from the popcorn stands and the nosebleed sections down to the level, the the vault, you got to understand there's a lot of traffic. But before you start complaining about what another man's path is in this journey you got to understand where he's at and that was the biggest thing I walked out of there was like wow I didn't realize he's going through this much traffic while I'm still doing my route so it gave me a moment in time where I gave him some grace then I complained about something else you know a couple of couple of plays later but because the data and the information changes every single play I'm watching the 49ers and the Broncos game right now I got it paused and I'm watching how Brock Pretty goes down the line and how Trey Lance doesn't. They both have the same opportunity, the same play, same read. One guy utilizes his eyes with the moving the defense and pulls the trigger. The other guy doesn't. That's just each of us process and look at things differently. 
That's true. Steve, uh, you know, obviously we appreciate you, but you and Taylor and Carla, uh, three of my favorite people in the business, just crushing these games. Thank you for the time, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. You've tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.